Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. We're getting ready to study the books of 1st and 2nd Peter, so I want to help us be set up to succeed as we study them together. Now is a great time to invite your friends to read along with us, but in the meantime, here's all the background information you need to know before we start. The Apostle Peter wrote the first letter, 1st Peter. He wrote it to believers who are mainly Gentiles, but there were also some Jews in the mix. If we wanted to identify a key phrase or theme for 1st Peter, Suffering for Christ is a pretty good one. In chapter 5, he makes his purpose behind writing really clear. He says in verse 12, chapter 5, verse 12, By Silvanus, a faithful brother, I regard him. I have written briefly to you, exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. What's he saying? His point in writing is to call his audience to stand firm. Even when life gets hard, even when it feels like you're swimming upstream or that everyone is against you, stand firm in the faith. It's worth it. That's his charge. For us today, that's a great reminder as culture praises and celebrates the very things that Christians should run from. We've got to stand firm. Sometimes standing firm might result in persecution. We might be made fun of, people might roll their eyes or call us bigots, but a rebellious heart is not of the Lord. How do you respond to peer pressure? How do you think of others? What does your life say about you? Are you standing firm on truth? In chapter one, in verses three through five, we see God's gift. We're born again, given hope because Jesus didn't stay dead so we can look forward to an inheritance in heaven, the place where we'll get to go if you've got faith in Christ. And in verses 6 through 9 of chapter 1, we see our goals. Yes, really our goal, singular. We will face trials, and those trials will prove or refine our faith. And ultimately, our responses to the troubles of life should result in the honor of Jesus. And one day, we'll get to meet him. We'll be face to face with the one we love. Then we see that, or we're reminded that God's got a plan. That's verses 10 through 12. Jesus has always been God's plan A. The prophets attest to this. And in verses 13 through 25, we see what a good response in the life of the believer should look like. I mean, amidst doing life on a broken earth, we should be watchful, focused on Jesus. Believers shouldn't live their lives like we did before we met Christ. Instead, believers live differently. Set apart as God is holy, we should honor him and show respect. He loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us. And he's had us believers in mind for a long time. So we should live in light of this reality. In 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verses 1 through 3, I ask the question, where am I headed? If I respond to the gospel, my life should start to change. And I should start to look more and more like Jesus. In chapter 2, verses 4 through 10, We see who we are and who he is. Jesus, he's alive, rejected by many men, but in God's eyes, he's so valuable. I mean, he's his son. At the end of the day, in chapter two, we're reminded that there's bad news for people who don't place their trust in Christ. But the writer reminds us, believing Jews, Gentiles, you're chosen, you're set apart so that you might introduce the lost world to Jesus, to Yahweh. 
You've got a testimony and you should be sharing it and walking in a way that honors leaders. Your integrity can't be questioned with any validity and your freedom in Christ isn't an excuse to do whatever you want. And sometimes he reminds us obedience is costly. We'll be persecuted, but we're still called to walk faithfully even if we suffer for that very faithfulness. Why? Well, in chapter 2, verses 21 through 25, he tells us just look to Christ's example. Then in chapter 3, we we see some instruction for husbands and wives. And in chapter 4, what does it mean to be saved and set apart because we identify with Christ? Well, simple. We shouldn't be marked by the ways of this world. And then 1 Peter wraps up with chapter 5. There's a call to leadership for elders. What does it look like for the flock, the people of God, to be shepherded? That's what chapter 5 is all about, being led and the importance of leaders. In Christ, he's ultimately our chief shepherd. And then we've got 2 Peter. Similarly, 2 Peter, it was also written by the Apostle Peter. It's very likely that 2 Peter did in fact come after 1 Peter as in chapter 3, verse 1 of 2 Peter, Peter wrote, This is now the second letter I am writing to you, beloved, and both of them. I'm stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming forever since the fathers fell asleep? That means died. All things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. What's he saying? This is the second letter of Peter reminding believers that they should stand firm even though scoffers will come, even though people will make fun of our beliefs. Stand firm because one day Jesus will come back. Even though generations have come and gone, he will return. Remember this truth. Cling to it. Believe it. Stand firm. And interestingly, while the key phrase for 1 Peter is suffering for Christ, the key phrase for 2 Peter is against false teachers. Whereas 1 Peter tackles more of the consequences that might come, well, positive consequences, they'll be undesirable, persecution is undesirable, and it can come from following Christ, 2 Peter specifically warns against those who will propagate false teaching, lies. And what I mean by propagate is encourage, champion, or spread false teachings against Christ, false doctrine. In 2 Peter 1, again, the chapter starts off with the detailing of the audience and the author. In this letter, Peter needed to remind his audience that he was, or is at the time, a reliable source of truth. In chapter 2, though, Peter does tell his audience to expect false teachers. And these false teachers, they will gain followers. They will distort truth. I mean, even today, we shouldn't be surprised when we see false teachers or people preaching this prosperity gospel. It shouldn't surprise us. But when we see it, and it can be discouraging, remember we've got a faithful father, God. He's just. God's character is consistent. Look at how he dealt with Noah, Sodom, and Gomorrah. Lot. God can rescue the righteous and punish the unrighteous. This isn't new to him. And at the end of the day, when the story concludes amidst all the craziness we see in our world, God will have the final word. Because one day, 2 Peter chapter 3, 
Christ will come back. And Peter ultimately concludes by reminding his audience that he's writing by way of reminder. Don't forget what the prophet said. People will question your Jesus. Those who question the faith choose to ignore all the signs that point to his return. And God doesn't want them to perish. So he's patient. But our time on this earth, it is limited because one day he's coming back. And that's great news. That's all we've got time for today. And I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.